Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. My guest today is actor, filmmaker, and podcast host Rob Lowe. You may know him from The West Wing and St. Elmo's Fire. By the way, iconic show and movie. But today, Rob is the star of Fox's 911 Lone Star and host of Literally with Rob Lowe. This is Just Be with Rob Lowe. Let's get into it. Hi. So I talked to you. A lot of people commented on me doing your show. Like, isn't it funny the types of people that come out of the woodwork when you do different things and then you realize why yes. you do different things? Yes, I'm I'm so I'm so interested to know you did my podcast literally and you were great. I had a great talk with you. What was the reaction on your end? Um the reaction was great, but like I said, from different people that I don't, you know, you're always marketing to the same audience because they're your audience. And so right. that's why that's why the model of podcasts and doing different types of things and having different people on yours yep. does really work because different like random, like David Lasher, who was Vinny from Blossom, was like, I listened to you on Rob Lowe's. I'm like, what? Like, it was just so <laughs> weird. All of it. I was like, oh, and he's like, I loved what you said. It was so inspirational. And he I know him and he's like, I didn't even know your story. So, um, you know, it hit differently, which is which is nice, which says a lot about about you and the combination of us who are in a similar generation, but speaking to some similar people. And then I'm sure, you know, different people. But I enjoyed it. I felt like I know you now. And and yeah. I was in Santa Barbara recently. Um, and I felt like I, I yeah, I know Rob Lowe. Yeah. I'm in Santa Barbara. I, I, I have friends here. Well, it's, well, that's, I love hearing that. And, and I, um, it's, it's true, isn't it? Like, it is always interesting to me when we are out giving interviews or selling a, a product or a movie or TV or whatever, 
who is watching or listening to what. It's endlessly fascinating to me. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that if I had, I'm not a person who likes unsolicited advice or visits, but if I were that person and I feel like if I knocked on your door, you'd be like, hey, come on in. I feel like we're friends now. So we are, 100%. <laughs> I'm already feeling bad that you didn't say, hey, I'm in Santa Barbara. Let's get coffee. I think I messaged on Instagram, but I don't know if you got it. I forget if like, I don't, we, you know, I my Instagram, I it's like I, I'm not as good as following the comments maybe as I should be. Yeah, no, I don't believe me. I mean, I went with my daughter. We um, stayed at Calamigos Ranch in Malibu and then drove for uh, the day. Oh, What's it like to stay there? So Mark Gervitz is a power comedy manager who lives in Malibu, like deep Malibu. There's Malibu and then there's like deeper Malibu. Yes. And I was going to an event at his house to see Adam Sandler and um, a bunch of people. And I wanted to have a staycation versus stay in LA where you're going to transact and you're going to be in the business of show. And I didn't want, I wanted to be on a vacation and feel like I could go to the beach and Malibu's different. So we stayed at this place, Calamigos Ranch, which is like very ranchy and very Malibu-ish and very cowboy bootish and rustic and different than most of LA. And everybody that I've told that I stayed there was like, oh, yeah, no, I've never stayed there or I've never been there. And I was like, what do you mean? It's... Uh, and it was forever. shocking. Yeah. So when I loved it. When I was a kid, when I was in junior high, that everybody went to summer camp at Calamigos Ranch. And, oh. And it's been different things. It's been a it's been a proper ranch, and then it's been defunct, and then it's been revitalized, but it's I've never stayed there. It's, so then we went to your town, and I love you're in Santa Barbara. I love that town of Santa Barbara. I've been to Montecito and we did that, but like that street in Santa Barbara with all those pianos on it was amazing. I know, right? They've shut since COVID. They shut down State Street, and it's now like a you know a plaza, a walking plaza. It's I, I, I those are two of my favorite places: Malibu and and Montecito and Santa Barbara. Three of my favorite, I should say. Likewise, okay. So I've done a little bit of reading about you, and I had always peripherally gotten a sense of you. Like I knew you married a makeup artist or your makeup artist, and I was sadly jealous at the time and i was just thinking like why her not me and i didn't even know you so that was a good reason why we didn't know each other so you got we talked on your podcast about this a little bit but uh you you started in you were in ohio and then you went to la or you started in virginia yeah, I was I was born in in Charlottesville, where my dad was was um, uh, had just graduated from law school, and then my they my mother and my dad moved to Dayton, and that's where I had my childhood. My proper, you know, from six months old to twelve was was in Dayton. So I got a real Midwestern childhood, and then um, my mom and dad divorced, and we ended up in directly from. Dayton to Point Doom in Malibu, which was like going to Mars. Wow. I that's Fred Heyman from Giorgio Beverly Hills. I planned and organized his wedding. And so that was my first experience with Point Doom. Yeah. Point Doom is there's Malibu and then there's Point Doom. It's a it's a whole different vibe A very and my great obsession is is I want to do a movie or miniseries or a book about what life was like in Malibu, but on Point Doom in particular in the mid to late 70s, because it was nuts. 
Wait, so hold on. I was staying when you went down to the left was Par- Paradise Cove and then to the right. Re- Point Doom is not in Malibu. It's like its own thing. No, it's a part of Malibu, but it's 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 a, because it's a point. OK, and, uh, it, it's it's its own neighborhood. It's it's you know, it's not on the PCH like everything else is. And uh, it, it, it's um, it's just a weird I don't know if it's the Indian Chumash mojo there, but it's both really exciting and interesting and really dark and weird all at the same time. Is are there are there reservations there? No, but it's OK, it's, but it's all real Chumash you know, the original, um, you know, people of, of the area. Um, it's, it's very vibey in that way. Lots of arrowheads and history. What high school did you go to? There was no high school in Malibu then. There was, uh, there is now. And um, we had to take the bus 22 miles to Santa Monica to go to high school. So you went to Santa Monica High School. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you really, but I mean, starting at 12, you kind of really are a California boy and yeah. you really never left that sphere. Like you're not that far from there now. I mean, you're in that vibe too. There's a Malibu vibe. And I feel like Santa Barbara is like a Malibu adjacent vibe. Having spent that weekend wanting to go that way versus go the other way into LA. Yeah, for sure. And and, and again, when Malibu, when I, when I moved there, it was not a show business enclave. It is now. There was a time... You know, I would say in the early 80s when the studio executives and the agents all moved out there. But when I grew up there, it's what Santa Barbara and Montecito were when I moved up here, which is super rural. People ride their horses down the street. Wow. Not, not a company town. You get all walks of life when you like, you know, if I'm coaching Little League, uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, there's the dad's work in every line of work you could imagine and they're not all in show business so it's it's just it i i'm attracted to a little bit of more diversity of of thought and of experience and ha- moving your kids to santa barbara when they were at an age where things are more influential that was obviously intentional is that because of your midwestern roots like you just wanted to feel some version of that yeah, I wanted I wanted them to be able to be outside a lot. I wanted I wanted, um, you know, up, up here we could we could go to the the beach, um, maybe take a hike, um, have have go to the zoo and go to a, a movie. We could do that all in one day up here. And in LA, as you know, that's you could do one of them right in a day. And if, and if you're in Malibu, you can really only do one of them. And where's your wife from? She's a born and bred valley girl. She's a valley girl. Okay. And valley, they're very, she is a valley girl, um, you know, Hollywood. She grew up in both areas. So you dragged her? I dragged her. Oh, I dragged her. You dragged her. Yeah, she was not having it. I had a real vision though. Of I mean, every once in a while I have a, I, I, I have a vision of what I want to do. Not all the time, but every once in a while. And I really was like, this is really right for us. And it, I mean, it's one of the smartest things that we ever did as a family was, was, was move up here. Both. I mean, in terms of our lifestyle, what it did for our relationships, for our marriage, for our kids and, and financially, as it turns out more than anything, I've done better in real estate in Montecito than I've done in my, my entertainment career. 
That's what I was, the next question I was going to ask is, did you invest and did you invest early? Yep, I did. And, Years ago. Um, yep. And, so, and you know, Montecito became, only just continued to become more attractive. Um, and then between uh, people being able to work from home, the rise of Zoom, the experience of COVID, and um, a big hotel opening up the, the, the Miramar, that mm -hmm. uh, brought people from all over the world to see it and Megan and Harry moving in all of those things mm -hmm. turned Montecito into an, another version of the Hamptons, which it never was. You said last time when I spoke to you that you, you don't, I don't think you consider yourself a very good business person or do you, or do you? Oh, uh, it depends. I, I definitely consider myself a business person for sure. You do. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 for like, sure. Absolutely. Like you're thinking business first, your marketing, your business, you're, you have a chessboard that you're working in your mind. Oh, 100%. I mean, it doesn't supersede my creative, but, but I, I like to think that I can get them both to exist equally within me and, and neither one is, is a detriment to the other. And who, so when you started making money acting, you started investing or that was just you buying your personal property? Like what was your business trajectory? It, it was, it was really just buying the personal property really. And then, you know, selling it and, you know, doing well and moving up the ladder and then selling that and doing well. And, and then starting to um, invest in other areas of real estate, which is really, and I got to give my wife credit. She um, has really been the impetus behind that. She, Behind she, the investing in other real estate. In, in real estate, period. She's got an amazing, amazing sniffer for um, real estate. The vision of what something could be. Yes. Insane. Yeah. Like, just insane. I love that. And I've done that personally a lot. And it was almost unintentional. But during the pandemic, I flipped three places. Mm -hmm. um, and I never, I was thinking about you talking about your personal real estate for people who are thinking about business in different ways. For me, anytime I go to look at something, I always think about, even if it's for an investment, if I would live there, because if the shit hits the fan and you have five different pieces on the board, you could sell four and you'd be willing to live in any of them. Like they all work for you. I like that freedom of thought where yes. I like that. But if I end up not liking it, like a place on the water, maybe I don't know what it's like to live on the water, but I fantasize about it. Yeah. I just bought a place but I know I could move it or rent it. I like to be nimble in the pieces like that. Yeah, and and, and for us, uh, the straight investment real estate is new-ish. And, you know, we, we, we weren't flippers and I don't, we're not, our homes are our homes and we live in them and, uh, but we've just had those, those things where um, people have said, you know, we'd like to buy it and you name the price and I go, you know what? I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'm still an actor for hire. I sort of have a fiduciary responsibility to my family to, to say yes to this, mm -hmm. but it, but it's not like I'm, I'm, I, I ever build any home to, to flip it. Right. I understand. But your, but your wife is probably thinking of things being somewhat not neutral, but I think people think about that in design too. You know, yes. you're not putting like crocodile walls because you never know what could happen if someone knocks on the door. Oh yeah. Oh, well, listen, for sure. And I think it's one of the reasons we, we have been able to do what we do is when we, we just found a big, an amazing piece of property. It's a legacy property been, been around since 1877. And 
when you have something like that, you have to build something on it that's equal to the property. And and if you don't, then you're actually taking money off the table. So it's a weird thing. You're going to spend more, but you're actually making more than if you, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, you yes, know, you got, if you've got it, you got to, if, you, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You got to do it right. Yeah. I live on a house that's 1743 on a property with an apple orchard. And like, I don't uh, mess around with the original wood in the house or like, I just, I, you have to honor it. This is what you're yes. saying. You're, you're honoring, okay. you're not going to like spec house it up on a 18, hundreds property yeah boricua is the name for someone from puerto rico or puerto rico my accent's not the best but i'm trying but i know puerto rico well i've been there so many times i be strong has done so many missions after hurricane maria it is more than just a name it is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island the unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine a sharp, stabbing pain on your skin. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. So you've done well, you've made money in, in, in show business and in real estate. How do you, I know you're, you have sons and that you wanted to move them there to, for them to have this sort of balance and ground, be grounded. How do you raise rich kids? Cause I've talked to Mark Cuban about this. I've talked to myself about this and has it worked? And are your kids, you know, well-adjusted work for themselves? Like, did you do this? Did you nail it? 
Well, first of all, you know, it, it's all relative. Even what what is rich, right, is 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 relative. You know, Mark Cuban's got a lot more money than you. Or I do. For, no, but but even the guy, he still doesn't want really, really, really asshole spoiled kids. So he, it's yeah. harder for him because he's flying on a private plane. We're flying yeah. first class. So like yeah, at, right. at, at your level, I guess, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and um, well, first of all, I think. My kids, if you ask them, they, they legitimately would not consider themselves rich. Re legit, le they, that's not in the ethos. Like they know they have this trust fund or they know that when – and I know people like this. I, I've worked with people like who know that when their dad or mom kicks the bucket or when grandpa kicks the bucket, they're coming into, you know – a lot of money they and they you know it's always out there in their lives mm -hmm. you know, obviously that's not my family i think that they grew up thinking um and having certainly the experience of being not any different than a, lo a lot of the other, other kids other than you know maybe the vacations were nicer and um you know like you said maybe we flew more often um but i i tried to give them a really normal to the extent I could um, upbringing. I think the the thing that makes it really different is the fame part of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, right, right. You know, because you know you can be worth four billion dollars and you can walk into a restaurant and nobody knows who you are, mm -hmm. um, and you can be worth you know four hundred thousand dollars and walk into a restaurant and it stops dead in its tracks. So it's a funny it's a funny thing. So I really think. There's the how do you deal with with money, and then there's how do you deal with being in a family that that is in the public eye. And I are you just are you insular? You're not out that much, or you live in a place where no one cares. And you know what's it like when you're with them in LA? Do they care? Do they? What is that like in your house? Fame and is your wife annoyed by it? Well, the thing is, the one of the reasons I m consciously moved out of LA was I didn't want my kids growing up, um, you know, around paparazzi and, 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 and where the currency of the realm is your fame. And that just is what it is in LA. There's no way to skin that cat. Mm -hmm. When I grew up in Malibu, there were, there were horses at the hitching posts at the market. They're gone and they're replaced with paparazzi staking people out which didn't, mm. wasn't there so so mm -hmm. i tried i recreated it and, and um so they just didn't they'd come home and go dad they'd visit a friend in malibu dad uh, they 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 had a, a screening room and we watched a movie <laughs> there and jim carrey came over <laughs> and, they're, and they're talking like they're from you know ohio right you know and and that and i was like oh, yeah that, that's good they should be they should have stars in their eyes like that and feel that way. And, um, you know, my other, my son is the actor didn't start out that way. He started out as a, um, a stem cell scientist and went to Stanford and then came out and decided he wanted to be an actor and a writer. And of course I was, that was not a happy day for me. I was like, <sighs> here we go. I could add a molecular biologist. Yeah. <laughs> I have an actor. My daughter kind of acts like, when she went from this public school to this private school, she acted like she was sort of on scholarship. She was like, oh, my God, mom, they give free art supplies. And she was so excited. And I think that's because um, 
you know, just because I buy things that I want or I worked hard to get all this, it doesn't mean it's a free for all. And I have all these rules that, you know, if you really want something, you have to give something up or you have to work for it. And it is a discipline. Like I do really work really hard at it and I do have to pull on the reins a lot. And I like that. I think it's like, it feels like a project. Like your kids are the best possible project. It's You get such a ROI on the time you invest in them and these kind of principles. And you can be struggling financially and have spoiled kids. For sure. Entitled, spoiled. You know, it happens. It, it, it can happen to it can happen to kids anywhere. You know, yeah. it, it really, it really absolutely. Um, entitlement is, is, I think, the the worst, the worst element of it. But I also think that they they take their cues from their parents. And, you know, I work my ass off. And and so yes. and so does Cheryl Lowe. I mean, she she I mean, she literally this week flew to Washington for for her jewelry business, came home in last night, flew to Arizona and came home and she's out there on the floor selling at Neiman Marcus doing her thing. It's like she doesn't have to do that. No, but yeah. And have you ever. Like, was there a, it's my turn in your relationship because it's been very much about you and your career. Was there a, 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 it's my turn after her, you know, helping you raise the kids and all that, or it's just always been an always ebb been and flow. It's always been that way. I mean, one of the reasons I married her was she had this and remains. She has the strongest work ethic of anybody I've ever known. And that's saying something because mine is strong. And so whether it's raising the raising the kids or starting a makeup line or or building the homes that we have or the or then she had a, she also has from time to time built for other people um she always has always worked she will always work like interesting me. and so your work ethic comes from your upbringing and and your family right yeah I, but part of it i think is listen i think part of it's genetic cuz my mom um, was sort of very artsy and not really a worker. Um, my dad is 84 and still goes into the office, uh, uh, you know, uh, practices law. Um, my grandpa, who was very close to my mom's side, just a eighth grade education, you know, became the first millionaire in his city. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's kind of, I, I think it's kind of in the DNA a little bit, maybe. So you were always working your ass off. Like you're working as hard as you were when you were younger. Like you were mm -hmm. always this way. Paper routes, you know, bus boy. I mean, I did get fired from every job that I had that wasn't around show business. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really cut out for the real world, Bethany. <laughs> But but you're cut out for show business and well I guess real estate you're you're cut out for non traditional business yes one hundred percent I am I design first of all I, des I designed my entire life to try to not deal with math and you know listen uh, that I'm really good on the other side of my brain and I've I've really learned a lot about I can get by with numbers obviously because you have to, to if you're going to be in any kind of a business but I I avoid it it's not my jam I don't like it um, I appreciate people who do. I'm very much a creative person with a, you know what it's like when people say, do you sing? It's like, I'm an actor who sings, which is very different than being a singer who acts. 
mm-hmm. or a singer. Mm-hmm. And it's that way, that way with business. I am a storyteller, entertainer, producer, director, show who also is in business. Right, 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 right. When you were partying, how could you have that same work ethic? Or you were just partying and then you would wake up and you would just be hurting a little, but you always had the same work ethic, just exhausted and a little stripped. Exactly. When I'm out at, you know, Danceteria at the Hamptons till, uh, you know, four o'clock in the morning and I got to get up to shoot Masquerade. You just, you just suck it up and go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I, you know, also it's a little bit of like you emulate your idols and, you know, my idols today are really, really different than they were then. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it was like Jack Nicholson, man, he's out partying. He's, he's mm-hmm. at the Roxy. You know, with the shades on at 2 a.m. And then he's on the set of The Witches of Eastwick, man. Mm-hmm. Courtside at the Laker Games. He lives up on Mulholland. And he's got 17 girlfriends, man. Yeah. Like, that was what I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In many ways, I don't. the younger generation, I worry about them. But not in that way. I think they're more evolved in wanting to feel good and drinking matcha and acai and whether it all works or not, I don't know, but they're aware of like well-being and balance where we were not, but I'm the same as you. It's a pros play hurt yes. model. Yes, yes. Tough shit. One, tough sh- one hundo. Same with my, right? same with my wife, same. And, and, you know, little, and, and John Owen, my, my, my acting son, uh, you know, he's, and I'm not, He's very open about it. He's also sober. And he was the same. He was like, pros play hurt. Right. Work hard, play hard. Yeah. But yeah, but now it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be so exhausting. It's okay to feel good. So sobriety is a major, major role in your career. And in in our family's life, for sure. Major, I wouldn't have anything without it. Really what it is, is I think it would have been just the law of diminishing returns. I would have been like the frog that slowly gets boiled alive in the, in the, in, in the, in the water as you incrementally, you know, just, you know, can't feel it. And just, yeah, that, that would have been me with my, you know, personal life and career. Like death by a thousand paper cuts. It was just like, yeah, yeah well, that's my, was it really hard to, to, to quit everything or was it like there are different, there are 50 shades of, addiction. I've taken classes on it. And some people are bingers. Some people, it's just always in their life. They call it a French type alcoholic. And some people really hit rock. So what was your relationship to substances? Mine was, um, I was kind of a, a, a periodic, they would say. And so you're, you know, you're up at Charlie Sheen's pool and you got your Coronas and you're, you're working out at the gym you're being tough. And then you have a couple of Coronas. And then the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're 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 looking for the the blow or whatever, maybe because it's nighttime and you go out to and then you're chasing girls around and you're it's like you're 20, you're 19, 20, 21 years old. And um, and that was sort of the vibe for me. And I just at a certain point realized that I was never going to have the life I wanted continuing that. And so um, when I was ready, um I went to Sierra Tucson and um, and it was the best thing I ever did. And I, lo- I actually loved being in rehab. I loved it. I learned mm. so much. I was always a, a, a pleasure to have in class in school. I was, was. <laughs> okay. I was that in the front. Absorbing. 
I'm in the front row raising my hand. That was always me. And I was the same in rehab. And I learned a ton. And, you know, you know, by the grace of God, I've never had to slip. I've never had to go back. I got from the minute I got sober, I've stayed sober. I was 33 years ago. Because you work your ass off. So you work your ass. But does it is it a struggle now or it's just oh God, it is no. what it is? No, no, no. No, it's right? My, no, it's in my DNA. It's, it's in my yeah. DNA. Listen, being, you know, having the ism is a struggle yeah. because it's like whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know, like every decade there's, I realize that it, it's morphed into something else that I need to look at. And like right now, it, it, this is going to sound insane, but I know it's driven from the same thing. It's waking up at midnight and going, you know what? You need to go to the kitchen and binge on some Haagen-Dazs. It's noise. The noise is in a different area now. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people it's gambling. Some people it's sex. Some people it's um, uh, um, workaholism. Yeah. Um, some people it's overtraining. I mean, it, it, yeah. it never goes away. It just moves and just hopefully it moves into stuff that's less and less harmful and easier and easier to deal with mine is organizing and getting rid of it's mm. obsessive it's it's insane i mean you, it's my, but that's mine. are you a collector or are you a get or get or getting get a rid of i'm not a hoarder at all but i freud would have a field day with me walking into this accidental influencer business and everybody sending me everything and so there's a curiosity about it and also i like to purchase i'm I'm a purchaser of certain things that i do collect um and then i just get overwhelmed by that we really don't need so much and why is this all here and i just want it you know but it's definitely not a hoarder it's the i have the most organized immaculate house you could imagine but it's just i'm just there's too much incoming outgoing stuff you know like that's why i wouldn't be good at really being an interior designer because it would be too noisy for me to have like objet d'art or candles or art. Like I don't want like a storage facility of any shit ever. I want it out. So that's a (laughs) sickness. Yeah. No, no, it's good. I like it. Yeah. It's a good one. It's not, it's like working out. It's good. Cause I could come into your house and organize it and you'd be so happy. It's so funny you say that because um, again, one of the things about my wife that I remember, you know, and I was actively dating big time. And she was among the people that I was seeing and she came over and organized my coffee table, the books on my coffee table. I'll never <laughs> forget it as long as I live. And it's, I was like, no one else had done that. That's nice. No one else had ever done that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, well, your marriage is a big part of your identity too. And you seem to be pretty good at it. No marriage is perfect, but I'm asking if like you've had serious bumps to make us all feel better about our miserable well, lives or no, 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 listen, have you not? And this is one of the reasons why, you know, to the extent that I ever hesitate to talk about it, the temptation is that, oh, well, it must be perfect. And well, sure, anybody can be married for 33 years if if it's perfect and there aren't any struggles or, uh, you know, and that's not the case. I mean, it just isn't, you know, every it's, it's no different than a long career. Mm-hmm. Every if you are in a long marriage or if you're in a long career, by definition, you're going to have fa- those fallow periods because nothing in life remains the same. Nothing, 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 nothing. Stock market, business, relationships, they all have their ups and downs. And I think the difference is, both in careers and marriages, is how you react when they're down. 
And that's amazing point. And, and that's the difference. That is literally the difference in a long career, short career, or a long marriage or a short marriage is what do you do? Do you run? Do you blame? Can you live in acceptance? Can you change? Can the other person change? Can you forgive? Can you take responsibility? Um, all of those things. And a lot of people can't do any of them. It's a great point. And do you lean in and be like, all right, let's let's work this thing through? Oh, or work, like you we said. Work, we work hard. Listen, we do marriage therapy um, even when we don't, quote unquote, need it. It's you want to like, lock the door so you don't get robbed. It's like, yeah. And it's like, it's like you, it's like you, tune, you send your car in to get tuned up. So true. Such a, that's a great, that's such a, that's, that's, that's really a great note. And so you've had some serious roadblocks, like you've been canceled in a time when people didn't even get canceled. And yeah. I've thought about not even since meeting you, I've thought about that in my life. I don't know why that I don't believe that would even be on the board for cancellation as long, like things hit differently back then. And so it was looked bad to me overall How, on a one to 10 of like your career being stratospheric. I envision it that your career was stratospheric. You hit a brick wall and then you were not present for a while. And then all of a sudden you started to slowly come back in different types of things. That's how I perceive it. So how accurate is that? Uh, I would say that that's pretty accurate. Um, I would say that there are two things that I think that that add to it a little more context. One is I actually think that in many ways my ill-fated appearance on the Academy Awards did as much damage. I was asked to open the Academy Awards um, and to do a song with Snow White. And it felt like a really good idea at the time. And it was a terrible idea. It was a badly conceived, it, it was supposed to be silly and people hated it. And then I think it then, then post all of that, I got sober went away to rehab, got serious with my wife, got married, moved out of LA, started having kids. So I was, I mean, I'm sure it, it, it was a sort of a mutual decision in terms of Hollywood and me. Like ah. I was, I was, I, look, I spent the eighties dealing, work, building my career and I spent the nineties building myself. Wow. So, so you, so it was the best thing that ever happened to you in ways. Oh, it was not, not in ways. It, it was the best thing that ever happened to me full stop. Do you feel like you were so, like it would, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy to fail. Do you feel like you were reckless and like kind of looking for something you were looking for a wall yeah, to hit? Oh, no, 100%. No, I, I absolutely remember feeling like, uh, like, you know, it's, 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 it's the, uh, the, the criminal that, that wants, wants to be arrested. So mm. stop. Wow. So, so you were, you, you weren't like, Oh fuck, my career is over because you take that kind of make that kind of change. Did you have a backup plan or did you know you have enough control over who you are and that you're Rob Lowe and that you can come back when you decide? Cause most people, like you said, if someone knocks on the door, you're going to sell your house. If you go away, you could be obsolete in the entertainment industry. I never thought about it in that way. 
and and then I because all I I was thinking about at the time when I was getting sober was it's time for me. I'm getting I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for my career. I'm 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 not doing it for public consumption. I'm not doing it to stay together with my then girlfriend Cheryl, who became my wife. I was doing it for me, and it was probably the first thing that I ever really did just for me, ever. And it was all I could think about. It required everything. And anything else that bubbled up around it, like, what about my career? What about it? I was like, don't care. Right. We'll let the chips fall where they may. Who knows? I'm doing It's funny. Matthew McConaughey made a similar, I don't know if you read his book, Green Lights, but he made a similar decision about like, I'm not taking these like shirtless rom-coms. And he stood tight. He just knew there was a moment when he had to do something. And that was my moment was leaving the housewives as ridiculous as that sounds. It was millions of dollars and it was, you know, my, my business manager said, or my, someone said trees grow high. They don't grow high to the sky. Take the millions of dollars right now until you can't get it anymore. And I made a decision to intervene and just like, this is like, I've got to reinvent and do everything differently now. And it's a nice feeling and people have to be in tune and aware and courageous enough to do that. Um, But also to hear the, to hear the voice inside of them and honor that. Yes. You have to be courageous on top of that to do it. What age was that at that you, that you did that? 26. That was young to be making those kind of big boy decisions to be like getting going and going to rehab and getting married. That was you. You peaked early. Well, you know, I, 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 I had a lot of life. I had more life experience than the average twenty-six year old. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I'd been more, done more, seen more, learned more, and. But yes, looking back on it, it's younger than any of my kids are now. Yeah, totally. I, That's... I look back on it and go, "What the hell." So Lauren Michaels once said to me at dinner, um, he was talking about somebody else on SNL or something. It didn't apply. It wasn't about me, but I just never forget it. He said, you have to make an exit to be able to make an entrance. It's such a great, it's a, one of my favorite Lornisms. Uh, the last two questions I have, people have given me one piece of advice. Like I don't fix them. I fix me. Or every day we check in once a day. These things that I sometimes say, oh God, well, I don't do that. Like what is your thing that you guys do that seems simple to you, but would help other people in relationships? Well, there's two things. The, the number one thing is let's hope you've chosen right to begin with, because really the die is cast with who you choose. Because as you allude to in the advice, you can't change another person Changing yourself is hard. It's like Cheryl and I are simpatico on so many things. Money, politics, where we want to go on vacations. Mm. Um, Uniforms are not uniforms in schools. I mean, you name it. Got it. Name the list of of from the from the banal to the really intense and. I am going to be on the exact same page with her all the time. Now, we dis- we happen to disagree on something very important to me, comedy. Cheryl Lowe does not understand comedy. She doesn't. And what do you mean she doesn't understand in comedy? Like, she, does she not think you are funny? Because I know couples where one person's funny and the other person doesn't think they're funny. Does she, she think does. you're funny? She's smart enough to know that other people think I'm funny. See? 
<laughs> yes. No, she doesn't. She's a horrible laugh for me. She's, oh. a, she, she's a black hole. Oh, in my, my in God. My, in my one man shows. And it's a, it's a running joke amongst our friends and family. So, like, by the way, for some people, that would be a barrier to entry. A hundred percent. I'm a comedy snob. And would you think she, is she funny? No. See? And wow. Here's, here's another thing. And I and I've had I had I had one girlfriend in particular. All we did was laugh. God, I loved it. It was fucking amazing. But you know what? It's it's fine. It's it's she would have been, by the way, a terrible wife and a terrible right. and a terrible life partner. Right? You know, she also doesn't like Bruce Springsteen. And her music, I feel like I can feel the pot smoke in the air when I listen to the music. <laughs> That's my fiance, Paul. Same, it's like fish and Grateful Dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, but the music, the music and the comedy, those aren't what I call in a book that I wrote called I Suck at Relationships So You Don't Have to. Fundamental differences. I believe you can't have fundamental differences by and large. Like the things right. that, you know, just... Like the, you said, the way you parent, money, things like that, like values, core values. Um, and then the last question is, what was your rose and your thorn of your career? Ooh. I think the rose continues to be the rose, which is I for, for whatever reason, I have been able to um, plant my flag in the comedy world and the drama world. And I also have not been pigeonholed in that I can do funny commercials for direct TV and I can do a serious drama on in the West End in London and I, I can produce and do a game show. I can I kind of get to do whatever I can write best selling books. I can I can kind of do whatever. I think is interesting and that I'm going to learn from without it bumping people and people going, what the hell? And, and people accepting it. So to me, that's the, that's, if there's a rose, that's the rose and the thorn probably, I mean, I'm such an optimist. It's hard for me to even think of what the thorn is. Um, I don't know. I think the thorn is, is more sy systemic. And I think the thorn is just that, the business is so much harder than it's ever been. Mm. It's 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 harder on every level. And you work hard because it's just who you are. You're not necessarily working towards something like you're just always setting new goals and you just like to work. It's the journey. It's the it's for sure the journey. I mean, I think the minute you think and go, ah, oh, well, I've done it or well, I've really I, I don't I, I never allow myself to I, I feel exactly the same as I did. Um at the beginning of my career, other than I, I also will allow myself to look back and see how far I've come. We're the same age. I think you got a second wind because I got a second wind. Like sometimes you think maybe it's a little exhausting and I want to rest a little and I maybe near done. And I don't know if that's like self-defense or something, you know what I mean? Self-protection, but I've caught a a big wind and it feels good. And I think it's this age, you know, it's yeah. like not a midlife crisis. It's just like a reinvigoration and, and really fine tuning, like sharpening the knife. So you don't have to waste time swimming with your arms and legs, wasting all this energy. You're like right hooked in. Yeah. One well, the other thing is I don't, I, I definitely experience and, 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 
and life has gotten me to a place where I also really know where I'm valuable and what my value is. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not I'm not suffering fools anymore anymore. Mm-hmm. I never really did, and and I know even though I'm I'm super diverse in what I'm interested in, I also know my lane. If that makes any sense, yeah, sounds, I, I, yeah, sounds counterintuitive. Like, but 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 I really know like where what moves the needle for me. Well, that's kind of what I mean. You don't need to fuck around and waste time. Like, you know what you're supposed to do. You'll take chances if you're inspired. But like, it's a quality versus quantity model. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. I love meeting you, talking to you, and knowing you. Thank um, you. and vice versa. Really. So we're friends now. And you when are. I'm in Santa Barbara, I'm coming over. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I'll show you uh, I'll show you the real estate. I mean, we need. Yes. You need, as they say, a footprint over here, I think. Yes, I do. I love it. My daughter loves it. So, so amazing talking to you. Thank oh. you for having me on your show and thank you for coming on mine and give my love to your family. I will. And this is great. It was it was so fun to be a guest. It's different for you. Oh my God! I, it's this is this is the best. I mean, you're I, in a good guest. You're a very good guest. Oh, good. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't lost it by being a host for so long now. <laughs> no, you're a very good host, and you're a very good guest. So that's awesome. Yeah, really good. That's why I wanted to talk forever. You're just very good guest. So thank you for talking to me. Dude, thank you. It's great being here. I was on Rob Lowe's podcast, and I really liked him. He's a good talker. He's a good listener. He's evolved. He is emotionally intelligent. He is a hard worker. He's very inspirational. And I I really, really enjoyed doing his podcast. And I'm honored and humbled that he wanted to do mine, you know, as a result of that conversation. Because I do think that sometimes people think I'm just some nitwit reality star. Um, And there are just some times that people come on and I feel like I'm not worthy. And it was exciting to have him on. And I thought he was extraordinary, as good a guest as he is a host. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 